Okay, welcome in everyone to another episode of the NML Pickleball Podcast. Uh, I've got, uh, this is, I'm Chris Ross, I got Jeremy to my left today, and, and we've got a special guest with all the tour wars going on. Leah Jansen is here, pro pickleball player, early MLP signed player. Um, Leah, how's it too going? Early. Yeah, I signed too early, that's for sure. That's how it's going. So, well, why don't we just get into it then? Like, uh, you, what, what was the process of signing with MLP when, uh, when all this went down? So it was all whirlwind. Like I look back to that weekend and it was insane. Like everything just went down that Thursday when essentially, um, Pardo actually contacted me first and he was like, Hey, did you hear? And then from there, like it just started the domino effect and both sides had reached out. Both sides were very like pushy at like, you have to do it now. Um, and I think what a lot of people forget about is last year during the mini tour wars before the ceasefire, a lot of people lost their contracts or they got their contracts cut in half. So for some people, myself included, who was part of that, losing their contract in the waiting, um, we kind of like, we're just, weighing both sides and really deciding from there. And I had heard that Tyson, Anna, and James had already chosen the major league pickleball side. Um, so that was huge for me and knowing that big time players had already chosen essentially. And so what, what was your, you know, what was being said to you on both sides? Like you said, they were being pushy, but uh, besides, you know, who had signed, you know, was there, you know, what, what type of money? I know you can't probably talk specifics, but, you know, were they offering, was one offering more, you know, what, what I, mean, else? I, I think everybody knows like MLP signees left money on the table and it was strictly from a trust status to us that we felt like we were going to get our money's worth from MLP. We felt like that was actually going to come through. Um, and for me personally, uh, I mean, I've been on record stating that I was a bigger fan of MLP from a player's perspective, especially at 31, kind of going through the health issues that she had. I was like, this is a dream come true. Like, this is what I've been wishing for. Only MLP, only two rally scoring games a day, no singles, paid expenses. This is, this is too good to be true is kind of what I was thinking at the time. Um, and that's why I left money on the table, essentially leaving the PPA. I was like, there's no way this format is sustainable. It's not as fun. It's not as sustainable for like someone like me who's 31 now. And um, I can go play MLP for 10 years and I might be leaving a little money on the table, but I know I'm going to get that money with MLP. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm really going to expand my career in the long run. Well, unless we like, you're getting a big pay bump from what, like when you signed, your money is a fairly significant pay bump from what you're earning this year or not? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, especially just because that's, that's your floor, right? So you can still earn prize. My, 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 my contract is that I can still earn prize money. I still have my sponsorships from the outside and I was told we're going to go into a free market too. So say, I have a kick-ass year. Maybe some teams are going to bid higher for me, but I will always have this floor. And that was a lot of my anxiety with PPAs. Like, yes, you had your entry fees, but your entry fee, uh, appearance fee, sorry, 
but your appearance fees are based on like how you're doing and myself included. So this is my situation. I started out the year hot, right? I was making every woman's singles final. Me and Elise were doing amazing meddling at every event. Then I made the mistake of choosing partners. I felt like didn't compliment me. My doubles results went down all the while. I'm kind of having this health crisis that I had to give up my best event for. And I'm like, man, nothing's guaranteed for me. Right. Even when I was winning at the, a lot at the beginning of the year, and before I got burnt out, you always face this anxiety of like, can I do this this weekend? Am I going to be a little bit off? These margins are so thin. So you're, to have that anxiety taken away, and if I don't even make a shot, the like even make a shot the rest of the year, and I'm still making this floor, it seemed too good to be true at the time. What are you hearing now with your contract? Like, is it going to stay the same? Like, with there still now being PPA and MLP, part of, I think, the attraction for you with MLP was that you were going to get to play less events, have an off-season. Is that still on the table? Is that still guaranteed as far as you know? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea what is going on. I mean, to be honest, I don't even, I like, this is just one like chapter in the book too. Like these two sides still see pickleball playing so differently. So how is this merger even going to look, you know, like PPA is individual tournaments, non-rally scoring. That's totally not what MLP wants. So how are these two going to really coexist? I think they're still trying to work that out, but I will be damned if I don't get an off season. Like that was one of the big reasons I signed. I was just worn out. I am worn out, you know, so it, no one can think the PPA schedule is viable. Like you just see people getting more and more exhausted as they go. I am a firm believer that Annalise reaction was due to just burnout. And like, it was a 16 year old who was mentally and physically exhausted. Well, so, so what, uh, for people who don't know you, like it's the, there's a 200 day requirement as part of the MLP contract you signed, right? Yes. And from what my understanding was during my negotiations, that's like a pretty loose thing. So what, what was, can you explain exactly what that 200 day requirement is or, or what you understood it to be? So they kind of like, I mean, I did it with um, Brooks Wiley. He was mainly the person who I talked to and he kind of just like, I mean, like a lot of the stuff, he kind of skated over just to try to get me to sign quickly. Um, but it was 12 confirmed events. You might have to do some like, you know, friendly fire, you versus the slice kind of stuff. Travel days were counted. And from that, it it didn't really seem like we own you for 200 days. It seemed like you just have to be there for all the events. And if we asked you to do maybe a Pickleball Cares event, you got to be available. And then you could do whatever for the other 100 days. There's like 100 days you can do whatever. Yeah. And then, and you can go play other events, like say the two entities were separate next year. Right. And I wanted to go, me and Tyra were like, let's go try and beat AL. Let's go play a PPA. I can still go do that. I just had to give MLP 80% of my money, prize money, which was 
essentially incentivizing me not to. But Tyra and I actually had agreed that we were going to go play like four to five PPAs just for the hell of it. Interesting. So then you're going through this process. And what I'm I'm really curious about is you sign then. So you sign the contract. You're feeling pretty good about things, it sounds like. And then you start hearing that these PPA sign players, their PPA is offering a bunch of money. People are signing for a lot of money. A couple of the names that have gotten thrown around recently, I think Kwong Duong got $5,000. <laughs> uh, I think Jimmy on King of the Court, he alluded to, but didn't say Lauren Stratman's name, $500,000. So you're hearing these numbers. What are you thinking? Are you talking to anyone, you know, during that during that time? Or, or how are you feeling now about that? So honestly, I was kind of feeling like they can go sign those fake contracts. Like when you would hear those numbers, you're like, there's no way they will ever see any of that. Yeah, they might be seen a little bit up front, but there's just no way that's viable because are you kidding me? Like Sam Query over a million? Yeah, right. You know? So it just kind of seemed like monopoly money. And we were told, and this was a lot of it, is like when and if there was, a, like, I knew there was going to be a merger. Like, you just knew it. There's no way the PPA could have been operating. I knew they were going to come there and kind of what I thought would be surrender. And I was told that those contracts would not be honored in a merger. And then I was told, my PPA contract would then be cut in half. So like you wanted to pick the winning side, essentially. And we all felt like we picked the winning side. So that is the one complaint about this merger for all MLP signed players is our main gripe is like, you guys promised us those, those contracts were not going to be honored when that merger happened. And obviously I know there's a lot of logistics to it. A lot of big money people, a lot of things changing. I don't really know what happened. So I just have to have faith that MLP is going to make it right or they're somehow going to negotiate themselves out of these, like, are these contracts ironclad in this merger? I don't know because Kwon Dong's not even going to be making a team, you know? Like, that's insane. He is grinding, Kwon is. Oh, I saw his, like, I actually sent my friend his uh, dad teaching him how to stack video. I really enjoyed that one. I don't think he's I bringing, saw. He's bringing tennis to pickleball, like the hand feeding training and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. I've started doing it too. I think his dad might be able to figure out some stuff. He might be on his phone a lot during Kwong's matches, but he seems like he can figure out some stuff. I think his dad looks, I think Kwong looks too much at his dad during his matches. For sure. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, yeah, getting back to kind of the main topic, you said kind of the reason you signed P or MLP was trust. Do you still have trust in those people now, given how things have gone? Um, I mean, I can just speak for the person who I, I did it with. No, you know, I, I can say like, uh, yeah, it's hard to trust Brooks at this at this point. Um, but the owners as a whole have always been great to me. And I think the owners are the ones who really run this league. Um, so yes, I still trust the MLP owners. I really do think they will make it right. And I do think, but yeah, no, Brooks Wiley, I do not trust him. <laughs> no, I don't. How do you think they'll make it right though? Because like they've basically got two options. 
it seems that they're at least currently telling the PPA players that they're going to honor those contracts. So if they honor those inflated contracts, then their only way they can make it right is basically to give you what that you would have got on a PPA, which it seems unlikely that they're going to do. Could that? But would... here's here, here's my standpoint, and I know this is a twofold problem. I wouldn't have even asked for that. I think like pickleball players, like in general, like, and I know people are there listening to their negotiations and stuff. But I think we need to come together. If the if the owners aren't in the people in charge aren't setting a market, we need to set a market because this is the dot com bubble. This is insane. This is done. Like we are canceling ourselves out of this game. If I hear Kwon Dong is making 500K and he's going to push that envelope, guess what? Leia Jansen is going to get 1.5 million. You know, like Ben Johns is going to get 10 million. Like, but wait, what's our ROI? It still has yet to be proven. So there needs to be some sort of market set. And I understand there's a twofold problem. But I have had kind of a problem with the greedy pickleball players in general in this whole thing. I think there's a lot of people just trying to make a quick buck. Um, but obviously, you know, this is our jobs. This is our livelihood. But the two tours, like, need to come together and set a market because you guys are bankrupting each other. But isn't that the, that's the problem that you, like, you're pointing out what the problem is, is that you have all these you know, you have these big contracts, sure, and, and, you know, if you can't sustain it, then there's no pro leagues. But the other side of that is that if your livelihood is what, what maybe it could be, maybe you have one or two years of a shelf life being a competitive player at this point, you need to get the money when you when you can, because who knows how long you're going to last in the sport, especially if, if you're, you know, not at the top. Some of the people at the top have more longevity, but I think that's that's one of the problems is that if you're a player – you know, what, what other chance in life are you going to have to get $500,000 or $300,000 or whatever it may be? Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, and I, I, I can see it from that standpoint. I have a little more confidence I'm going to be around for a while. So, But I just think, like, there's no way there's going to be pro pickleball in five years. Because also, like, think of all the people coming in. They're going to be like, oh, like, you know, they that person, like, is getting 700k i'm i have this upside you know i'm gonna get this much so it's there needs to be some kind of real market set and like because you know what we've all learned let me tell you if there's ever like this core wars again i'm gonna be like jackie jade andrea coop i'm gonna get all the girls megan does on i'm gonna call up etta right i'm gonna be like let's all get in the block ladies they need females Let's all get in a block, just like the Johnsons got in a block. We're going to be the tipping point, and we're going to drive our price up. We're going to go to $7 million now. So they need to be careful of that, because that's definitely something I've learned. And I think a lot of people are kind of growing smarter and smarter every time this goes around. So the owners, like the two leagues, really need to come together and be like, okay, guys, even if we get in a fight again, let's have a rational market. So, sorry. yeah, I think that's easier said than done because there's human nature and maybe like this merger, it seems actually is going to go through, but who knows what the next entity is that's going to pop up. I think 
like we are kind of dot com. Maybe pickleball is your NFT right now. Like I don't yeah. think it's uh, to say that somebody else isn't going to hop into the space. Like I know a name that's been tossed around is Pickleball for America's out there, like looking to get into the game. If somebody else comes along with money, the same thing's going to happen. They're going to start bidding on players and human nature is I'm going to take my money and everybody else can kind of fight for themselves. It's like you saying Kwong Dong gets 500,000. I want my 1.5. Like, I, I, mean, just, I don't, I just like, to me, I don't even know how that was negotiated. Like, like I, I don't even know how that even got there. Like, it's just insane to me. I think I think we've heard that it's it was just offered to him without any sort yeah, of Yeah, I heard that was a one-sided yeah. offer, so Wow. I mean, yeah, like I can that's insane to me. I don't know. So, uh Leah, one thing I wanted to ask you is there there's been discussion. We have heard about possible pay bump or MLP pay bumping some early sign MLP players. Have, have there been any discussions with you about getting a pay bump uh, to, to at least sort of help compensate you for what the PPA players are getting? And, and have any other players gotten pay bumps or had those discussions that you've heard of? So though that, that pay, like, I just always try and be careful because I know some stuff I've heard, I've reacted to. And then like, what's the merit behind it? it I, like I give the Tyler Loom saying he got five million on the podcast thing and everyone's like, oh my God, Tyler Loom actually got, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's so much misinformation has been spread around. So I don't really know if the early signees got money. Um, I, I I definitely in I can say just because I'm me, like in this merger that has happened, I've been like, you know, okay, how are you guys going to make this right? Because I like good, bad or ugly, I was the number five girl off the board, you know? So how am I gonna, like, how are you gonna make this right? You don't need to put me all the way up there, but something needs to happen. And, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do because I know it's just not me. I know there's a lot of other people out there that are like that. Um, it's it's hard to tell like what's what's really, what's really going to happen. Um, like I say, I, I, I have faith in MLP and the owners um, of what that they're going to try and make it reasonable and right. Obviously, you can't make up everything, right? The offer on the table that I left on the table from the PPA, they're not going to pay me. And I understand that. Um, but there are some gravely underpaid players in this league. Um, but hopefully the free market that MLP is trying to bring in next year also evens it out. Are, as far as you know, are they still bringing in the fair market with MLP? Because it sounded on... They better. It sounded like on Jimmy's podcast, and I don't know who he's been talking to, but that it, it wasn't going to be a free market and it was just going to be players' contracts were what they were. No, I, I talked to an owner yesterday and oh. he assured me that's like, so say like, this is my price tag. Someone can come in and bid, like bid for me at a higher one, you know, mm -hmm. or, or you just get put on a really good team. So 
I, I do think so. Obviously, I don't know. Jimmy is always in the know. So, um, but my conversation with the owner yesterday, that's what I was assured. Yeah. And, and now that you're mentioning that, I think it sounded like Jimmy was saying that if he, you know, if he used Lord Stratman as an example, $500,000, that would be our cap hit. Probably people aren't bidding above $500,000 for, for her, let's say Kwong Duong, no one's bidding more than 500,000 for Kwong. He didn't say one way or another whether if you, you can bid more for someone, like, you know, if you're at 200,000, that that's a totally hypothetical number, by the way, I don't know that. Um, but, and someone wants to bid 500,000 for you, he didn't say whether or not that could occur. So that's interesting that it sounds like that's a possibility with this free agency cap model. Yeah. So that's kind of been my thing. So say like Andrea Coop is at 190. Um, that will probably get her on like maybe Ben's team, right? And she can, or, and she can be with another top girl. Um, so she either gets on a good team or someone's like, damn, that's a really good team. I'm going to bid for this. So I feel like the market will even itself out, but I also do feel like MLP for certain players needs to come through and obviously, and just like, you know, just make it right, you know, especially because, you know, a lot of us were the tipping point in them winning this war essentially. And uh, yeah, and we were told those, those contracts wouldn't be honored. So we kind of just feel like stupid. A lot of us had life-changing money on the table. You are talking about there being a number of players. Do you think there's any chance that there could be a player strike in Atlanta? I don't think so. No, I know myself. I'm playing, um, and I just like I just don't. I just there's too many backdoor deals going on. There's too much this, that, and the other thing. There's too much of a. We really need the money um, for us to ever really come together. I mean. Really, I think we're so many years away from a union just because we're still in the phase of backdoor doors. And backdoor deals, sorry. Yeah, but isn't like, but you were talking that like, I think it is a long ways from happening, but isn't like a big reason that there is no kind of control and things over player contracts because you guys for the most part act independently like if a number of you that all signed and basically brought the deal to mlp said hey you know you wait till monday and you say hey we're not playing if you don't make this right you guys have a fair amount of leverage they've sold those tickets they've marketed the event that's kind of your leverage you guys go out and play for sure I, absolutely and that totally is but I don't know. I just, there's nothing that shows me that anything will ever happen. I know I've stuck my neck out and sent some messages and I haven't, I've just kind of been ghosted. So you kind of just think like, it's really hard to think any of us are going to ever come together in this collective unit. I think that's the problem I've seen when there's been boycott discussions in the past or a couple of times is that there's, and this is different money that we're talking about, but there's, there's not enough you know, there's not enough people to come together to actually force anyone's hands and say, okay, we're going to make you do something about it. Because if you and two other players do something, the MLP show can probably go on, no problem. But if you and 
nine other players, premier players decide not to do it, then, then maybe you're talking. Yeah, I mean, like, so w- we were looking at making going on with MLP without Ben and Annalie. And everyone was kind of under like, yeah, you're right. We don't need them. We don't need the two biggest people in the sport. We saw Paris Todd sit out this last year. You know, um, people debate where where her game at, is at, but we can agree she's a top player. Maybe some people will say she's elite. Some people say she won't, but she also has the draw of like, she's Paris Todd. She has all these Instagram followers. Um, she's a personality out there. And I totally forgot that Paris Todd wasn't playing, you know, a big name in this sport. I had was like, oh, wait, yeah, Paris isn't here. This league is so much bigger than one player that we all really need to unite. So if Leia Jansen sits out, they're just going to slide in on a Gretchkina. It's, it's rally scoring. Maybe she's going to make me look dumb for sitting out, you know? Maybe people are just like, oh, like, why'd Leia sit out? Like, like see ya we didn't need you need her so we would really need you know every a lot of a lot of the good players to come together and it's it just hasn't been proven in pickleball that that can happen yet so generally you talked about um like how how you're feeling trust wise with owners and uh just mlp and ppa in general how, how do you feel about the way the new leadership is structured in the sense they have this five person board with Kuhn, Stein, Altilas, Dundon, and uh, Brian Levine. How do you feel about that? And for this new holding company that's gonna oversee the, the MLP and PPA? I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I don't really know too many of the, of the people in charge. Um, so we'll see, like, that's, I mean, we're all just kind of like, what the heck is, is going on? We just kind of want to know. Um, I don't, I don't really even know too many of the people sitting on it for MLP. I know Brian a little bit, but he's kind of like an independent, I would say. Um, I know he used to work for them and I know Steve obviously, but that's just more of a proxy vote. So yeah, it would be interesting to see. Did you, I know you probably don't want to say too much, but find it surprising that a lot of the PPA leadership, it seems to be staying on after the players seem to speak with basically their wallets by taking less to go to MLP? Yeah, I mean, I know they need like the the tournament infrastructure and stuff. So I was like, to be honest, there was a lot in this merger that just shocked me. Um, I knew there was going to be one, but the 50-50-ness of it really was like, wow, like, damn, Dundon's good. Um, so, um, yeah, I, it, it will be really, really interesting to see, like, if they have someone come in and kind of clean house. It will be interesting to see the CEO they bring in. I think that will, like, really tell the story of the next couple months. Well, what I'm not understanding right now with what's going on, and I think they have just so much that's not figured out, is this two brand situation, is that was a bit surprising to me that they're going to run this, at least for the time being, as MLP and PPA is two distinct brands when you're trying to say that we're together. I, I don't really know how that works, you know? So the confusing part to me, and this was like something that I, I, I hope maybe that you guys can make sense of is I heard 
for I don't know how many years that like it's confusing and this merger is going to be good because it's like it's confusing to the sponsors like all this that and the other thing and now we need one tour because it's it's always confusing to the sponsors and now we're separating as two separate entities and they're almost like oh this is good for sponsorship i'm like wait what this is totally different from the narrative i've been hearing for so long yeah i think i don't understand it i think their argument is it basically gives them two different entities they can sell so they could basically go and sell the ppa to say one alcohol company and then you could actually go and sell major league pickleball to another alcohol company for example or you could sell one to one bank and one to the other bank because usually the competing entities don't like to both be like premier sponsors or something but to me it's confusing long term you want one brand like there's the NBA, there's the NFL, there's Major League Baseball, you know, in golf there's, well, there's now two tours or back to one, but uh, yeah. tennis, but like, yeah, everything has a premier tour or league. So why you would have competing entities doesn't make sense to me on a long-term basis. Yeah, and that was just kind of PPA's whole thing and any of this was just, they wanted to be essentially the ATP, you know, of, of pickleball. They because and they wanted to be the one. So um, it's interesting. You you don't have me convinced that. To me, honestly, this is just a ceasefire in the long-standing PPA MLP war. And there's just going to be so many more twists and turns. We were just at full blows i don't even know how like many days ago and now these people are trying to intertwine and work together um it would just be interesting to see how this plays out yeah it's definitely interesting to me that both brands are staying and a lot of the key personnel on both sides are staying <laughs> so like it is interesting it's like they kind of have said we need to stop spending money but we're not actually sure how we're going to work together is kind of what I see, but. Yeah, I mean, they're, and it's just crazy to me. Like they just, to me, they just, it's good for the players, but they just shot, shot themselves in the foot. Uh, you guys are 80 million now in the hole because of this whole fiasco. So hopefully this is actually something like they learn from and they can move forward with. Well, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know if they've learned from it or, or why certain things don't happen. Connor Pardo is still staying on, and Connor made sure that this that he he essentially almost single-handedly drove the market up substantially. Maybe hoping for a merger, maybe hoping that that would drive a merger. But it, it's something where you've got a couple of people on the PPA side, at least from our perspective, heard a ton of trust with players and. Uh, that's, I mean, Chris Patrick and, and Connor, with Connor sort of leading the way. And, and, you know, you've got a guy who can't tell the truth to anyone, and he's still he's still in the mix. I Like, I, you've also got your commissioner who's giving bams and fist pumps on, uh, or fist bumps on, on Facebook. And, you know, I, I, I don't know why in a, in a merger that, that he's still around. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean... The dude is impressive. That's all I can say. 
The man like, can talk his Connor way on some Pardo, stuff. No, the dude is a legend. That, that's just like really what I have to say about Connor Pardo. I'm gonna look back like when I'm older and like I there's gotta be a movie about the dude if pickleball become, ever becomes anything. And the the guy is just a legend. Like it's really amazing. I, I thought PPA was dead in the water. Like, I told Connor, this is more impressive than any of Annalise triple crowns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the, the thing is, is that from, from what I see, like, MLP, and, and you're saying you, you thought they were dead in the water. I don't know if I thought PPA was dead in the water. I don't know if either of us did. But MLP was way ahead in this. And after signing the Johnson 5 particularly, they, they were in the driver's seat on this. And then we've got a 50-50 merger. And the other thing that's that's changing is that the whole MLP format once again is changing. They just, I think they, uh, the podcast had talked about yesterday in our blog, we wrote about how they're eliminating the premier challenger situation. But they, they just, I think just before we got on here, uh, we got an email with some rule changes and talking about challenger premier is gone. And I think they're, it looked like they're changing the scoring system again and taking away the freeze uh, up until like you have to win. So I, I don't, I, you know, honestly, I don't quite understand what's going on with that, but I just know I'm, we have a lot of trouble following what's going on with MLP and we follow things as closely as anyone. No one can figure right. out what's going on. And I think that's going to be an ongoing problem for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I called for this on like when I was kind of going off about the whole Delamond and stuff back in April on Zane's podcast of like, there needs to be a player handbook. I've been saying this for so long. The PPA said it like the hero, Chris Patrick, all like who I really wanted making the handbook was on it supposedly. And, and that's a joke. I did not want him. Making that. <laughs> um, um, like, I mean, I'll do it. Like, I'll sit down with somebody and someone can watch me. I won't even have to make it favored towards me. There needs to be something going on about this stuff. Um, you know, like, the PPA issued a fine on Pablo. Like, where is that even written down that Pablo can do that? Like, I know you sh there, that it should be written down that he can't flip someone off. But show me the rule, you know? Like, there's just so much going on. And, like, we can't just come in to another event and be like, like told, oh, like, you're just not going to do this. Like, I can't, I can't even keep up with the rules anymore. Yeah, PPA not always the best at writing things down and conveying that to the public. I, MLP's better at conveying things, but the, the, the consistency has just been but such an issue. Yeah, their format and everything like that. And I love their format and stuff, but like, let's decide on it and then let's go through with it and like, I don't know, like, let's have a player board. If, like, if this merger is happening, there needs to be, like, a player board. I know the PPA had one, but it was, like, of OG three-year contract players. And I, I told Sam Flaxman when the year was starting that new players needed to be on the board. Like, from the new wave of, like, you know, put Federico on the board, put Zane on the board, you know. You, you have to have some other stuff other than just, you know, Ben, Matt, Lucy, people who have just been around for a while. Also, like, I do also wonder what that MLP product is going to look like next year if they're doing 24 teams. Like, 
the difference between your first and 48th woman is so huge. I I said this last year of like at the first MLP, I know there were a few girls saying we're not going to play again because like it was really hard for me to play with a lower girl. And I've I like I can't speak because really I've had Vivian David, I've Annalie, and now I have Etta Wright. I've always had a great woman's partner. I really can't complain. But it really, I'm a big believer that it's grown so much. Like the number 16 girl now, I, I forget who's the number 16 girl now in the draft. Probably like a Jade Kawamoto. No, that's too low yeah, for her. That's, but like, that might be about right. Elise is around there, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, look, Elise, who's like, I mean, she's a great right-sided player. You know, it, it's it's growing so much um, that I actually think that's good because we're going to get a lot of people like the Tyras from tennis coming over and just getting deep. Like um, I'm really high, like people were hating on Anna's choice of Rachel Rohrenbacher. She was at the Yola camp with us training. I'm really high on Rachel Rohrenbacher. And now she's been given a chance that she's going full-time with this. The girl's a sick athlete, great hands, great power. That's just the tip of the iceberg that is now going to start coming over, I think, so it's going to keep growing. Like, yes, there's going to be a few times, but I really think it's going to pick up quick. So so you're in favor then of, like, if you have 24 teams and you're not separating at Premier Challenger, are you saying you're in favor of, you're going to have the, maybe Anna Lee, Anna Bright, or Catherine playing with, let's say, uh, someone who was taken late, Dominic Schaefer no. or something like that? No, absolutely not, no. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, uh, I mean, it's been proven, especially in rally scoring that, I mean, the girls just aren't as dominant. Like we just aren't. Um, so you, you, then that's what we saw of influx of, like you pick the guys later, you get the girls quick. Right. Um, but I do think it's like in a few years, it's not going to be that far off that the number 50 girl is pretty freaking good. No, I think that's probably fair to say. I think just already, I, I thought this before, but you have a lot of teams, like 24 is also just a lot of teams to keep track of. I think there's been some rumblings about even possibly going to 28 teams. It's just, it's so much to keep track well, of. Well, they're, okay. try, they're trying to sell essentially to pay us right now. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. And then have you heard that much about what's going to happen with um, players who are either unsigned or players who are signed but don't get picked to MLP? I think they're just going to have to play a lot of PPA. Honestly, I don't know. The funniest thing is Rafa Hewitt actually has a lot of ideas to do with the people who are getting paid that don't make teams. One of his ideas is childcare. They have to watch the children. <laughs> so I honestly think we should nominate Rafa Hewitt for that position he's pretty creative what's this child care proposal he said like the unsigned players have to, players have to who are getting paid they have to like watch he's like there's a lot of parents which there are i do think you need to do something with like child care like lena is always working and struggling and trying to figure out so his proposal is they have to watch them during the events <laughs> i've uh it's not a, not that funny but it's rafa hewitt's story back in the we were playing a Richland tournament, Columbia Basin, in 2019. And oh, Rafa, when he first started. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, Rafa just started out. We played, like, against Rafa, like, three separate times, I think, in that year because he's in the Pacific Northwest. 
And Rafa yeah. was there, and his, I think he had like a, he had his other kids, but he had a, a one month old pretty much. And his, his wife, who was like a saint, was there with yes. their one month old for like, you know, those tournament days are just all day. And it was, it was probably. Well, I think the day started at like, I don't want to be Fahrenheit, but 30, like near 35. Yeah, 32, 32 or 33 Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. But, yeah. So I, I, I get why he's on the childcare train. No, of- absolutely. And you know, the stuff <laughs> like this in, in this, like for people like Rafa Hewitt, Jay DeVillier, like where like they are the sole providers for this, for their family. Like, I think that's awesome that they're getting paid. You know, this is like life-changing for people like that. And who have just been grinding, like teaching in between that's hurting their games because they have to support their family. Well, that's and bring it all back to sort of the contracts isn't that that's part of what i've seen a number of people commenting i think even zane said this when he was on uh he did his live with uh thomas shields yesterday it is that you were still getting paid very well to play pickleball which is a lot more money than you probably could have ever expected even a year ago yeah i guess where i'm like a little bit salty about and some of the OG players are not that I'm OG um but I have been grinding for about you know three years now hardcore um is like some people are just stepping in and getting you know I hate to use the Quan Dong excuse I think he's gonna be good I think he's a good kid but like dude just stepped in like was playing tennis part-time yeah he's been grinding with tennis and now he's like getting 500k I'm like what you know, that's- if I'm an uh, here's I'm gonna challenge a bit on that. If I'm an owner, I would rather be paying somebody that I think has upside than be paying for 500k. I'd rather pay like maybe 500. I wouldn't pay want to pay him. That's out of the market, but everything's out of the market. But I'd rather pay somebody who I think has upside than pay but for past there's, performance. There's okay. Here's the thing. There's past performers and there's upside. Okay. I still feel like I'm getting better. Kawamoto's have been playing for a while. They're getting better. I think someone like Hayden Patrickin been playing for a while, been grinding. He's getting better. There are some people stepping in, just getting money that they just haven't been proven. Like that. I don't know if he's going to be good at doubles. He's a good singles player, but also I haven't seen him on the metal stand in singles either. So there's that and he like did yes, make a yes. podium didn't he in Denver was it or I don't know if he made a semi I don't know oh, if he made a maybe. podium he made a semi. but I, I'm like I, yeah he might he might but I'm saying like long way to... oh did we lose I think we might lose. yes there's some people who got paid too much that are over the hill uh, yeah I think that's where like that's what Jer's point is here is that it you're paying like real legacy players like real money and like if you're maybe but that's not- mainly the ppa who did i felt like mlp got a lot of the upside people but they're also getting paid less i mean i think corinne car i don't know what how much corinne car got but someone like corinne car is signed i mean i, I don't know why you need there's to no it. there's there's some signings where i'm like you guys could have not signed that and if you're saying you don't have money to up us well you could have gotten rid of quite well, a few with these people and giving us some money now that they've joined they don't have the issue but i thought that part of mlp's problem 
in this was that they because they have 24 teams, they needed to sign so many players to protect their product. Whereas like PPA, you don't need as many players. Like MLP, you need 96 viable players basically to be in that draft. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I So mean, like those kind of second and third tier, especially the third tier players, I would argue like if I'm the PPA, I don't know why they're signing them other than to hurt MLP, but like MLP you do need them because the PPA signed all those players. You just don't have enough to put out basically your product. But there's there's some people who aren't drafted that I know have signed for a hundred K. Like I'm like, that's just stupid. That's so stupid. You know, like there's there, there, a lot of the first signees, like the challenger level were like 75 to 100. I'm like, why? There's some people not even playing that I don't even think will be challenger level. That's so stupid. Yeah, I, I think I agree because I think you probably have enough sign like players that are unsigned that would want to play your events. That's why I actually don't know if you have to sign all those players because you're, you're going to have people if the, the PPA can't take everyone who's viable. I, I mean, maybe they could. But I, I thought it wasn't, you're going to have enough people uh, that, are, like some of the people that have signed, I think you're going to have enough people who are comparable to them that you wouldn't need, uh, you wouldn't need to sign them all. But by the way, Leah, your, your camera's just frozen. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah, it's just not showing up, though, okay. actually. Like, I don't even see myself. Okay. Um, oh, I'll just go like here. that. Yeah, so I don't know, Jerry, did you have anything else? Oh, there it is. There you go. Um, I, I, I do I do have to say though, some people will be playing paying very close attention to some comments out there because I know I'm playing some very overpaid teams. And if they miss dinks, they will know they are too they're being paid way too much in this shot. <laughs> the trash talk will be next level. Yeah, I mean there's that's the thing. Like some people kinda have a target out there because you, you you essentially do know like do do know a lot of the numbers, you know, and you know a lot of the people who are talking, who are kind of like, man, this kind of sucks, are probably underpaid. And you know, the people who are quiet and not saying anything are probably like overpaid, you know. So it's it's very there's a lot of inform- misinformation that's going around, but you do you do know like the some a common theme of it, and it's usually uh and which side so yeah a lot of i i I do think this mlp will be pretty interesting in that aspect don't don't the secrets then have to end at some point if they're going free agency in 2024 yeah and you have a cap like any other sports league you know what people make it's public what people make so you have to know the strong team structure and stuff like that to be able to have discussions about team structure and i and i do think that's what's good about 2024 like the secrets will be out there will be in a there will be a free market you will know you and like i do think it will even itself out and the people who got these contracts and are tapped out like yeah i mean and like some people have said yeah but they're getting their money anyway i'm like yeah but i do think yes there are some outliers who are just going to get overpaid but they're essentially just going to play themselves out of this sport and like, yeah, you can make an argument that some of them are over the hill, but there's just no way people, some people are going to pick up those price tags next year. And me, ultimately, 
say my offer is 700K from MLP. Maybe a Frisco Panda is going to pick that up, but I need, and every girl needs to be on a team with a good guy or with a, like, you know, two solid guys. Um, like you're, you're just not going to win MLP alone as a female. Yeah, I think that's uh, when we talk about it more, that's what you get with the, this free agency model versus the draft is that you're going to have different debates as to, you know, we have these debates in other sports about, you know, do you care about money or do you care about winning? Are you going to take less money so that you can get on a better team? A lot of people just end up taking more money, but that I think, and, and how you're going to structure your team, are you going to take a lower price girl? Are you going to take higher price women? How's that going to affect you? With newer signed players come in, are you, you know, what what can you pay those players? So I think that actually a, can be a part of it. A Jade and Jackie Kawamoto next year, I'm telling you, they are going to be more valuable than a Ben Johns. I think me at my price cap as well or will will be in that in that range. Um, but they're they're super consistent, they're great at mix, they're getting better, they're wickedly good at singles, as we saw. Um that's going to be really viable because we saw like having Irina and Catherine with two strong guys, not the best, but strong was, was, was a consistent winning formula. Yeah. It's tough for Ben. And obviously Ben, Ben, you know, well, yeah, Ben's probably the outlier. I think you're talking girl. I think he's maybe the one guy that can really move the needle. Absolutely. Absolutely. But. I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. You but can no, win with no girl lower and men's partner, and he can also get you probably more consistently singles points than anyone else. So, yeah, I mean, the dude is, I mean, he's the best. Like seriously. Do you have any predictions for MLP Atlanta? I I don't I've learned with MLP you can't have predictions but the, I am so excited to see that group of death of Riley who has a very strong team Christian Alshon is what we're now learning a very good right side player um Kawamoto's are studs very good singles team um then you got Annalise team I think they might be without AJ for that Saturday so we'll see if that's better or worse um and then <laughs> Uh, Ben's team so it, it I'm so excited to see that group um, yeah it, it's it's going to be it's going to be good to see I, I don't, I still, don't for it. I still don't know if you can say that the Kawamoto's are great singles players I think they perform well at MLP but uh, that might okay, come back down I, I back in back at US Open I played Jade I think yeah, I played Jade and I always beat her. Like I played her a few times and it was always like six and seven, seven and seven. Like that's, that's good for MLP. Like she would be up four zero on me and I would come back and win. So, uh, like as we see at MLP, like Annalie wasn't really dominant even when she played the girl in singles. Well, it's, it, well, she, she didn't play very many girls, but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm aware of that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's what. They and that's because call the one time she did, Jackie went out and she uh, or Jade. I think I had Jackie. Yeah, I went. I think Jackie was either one up on me or even with me. And like freaking Lindsay Newman, I was five three on. Etta, I was three five down on. Like you don't know. 
No, I, 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 think think I think there's just a baseline level of competency that you need to be like capable at MLP, but I still think yeah. it is what you might call a strategic error to put Anna Lee against the guy 90% of the time. No, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am very well aware of that one. Yes. But I don't call, I don't, I don't call the game plan on that one. How are you feeling about your team? Ty, are you with Etta, Rafa, Hewitt, Bonner, Garnett? Yeah, I'm with Etta. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty used to the right now. And Etta actually plays the left in a way that I like, where she's just not going to be taking every single ball and playing, like, large with me. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think if we get used to each other, we'll, we'll be good. Um, I'm hoping MLP Rafa shows up. And uh, Etta and Connor are a good mixed team. I think Rafa and I can be a good mixed team as well. And, you know, Connor's, like, I don't think anyone is – risen more since the draft since Connor Garnett. Maybe no, Gabe I, Tardio, you could argue. But Gabe's in challenger, but he maybe had a similar rise. I think so I'm very happy we picked Connor, but and I don't keep track of the of the men's game. So Connor to me was just really good at singles. I know he was knew he was getting better, but um Rafa that was Rafa's choice. My my suggestion I threw out was Tardio because Rafa and Tardio had played well together and I've been high on Gabe for a while now. Yeah. I think Jer said to me after the, well, I think he wrote it actually in our draft grades, but that, that Garnett was the one that could, we, we, we weren't super high on your team, but could be the one that saves the, the draft there. Like we're high on the women, but you know, you, you do need two strong men a lot of times. So, but Rafa, MLP, MLP Rafa. <laughs> I mean, he just played amazing uh, against uh, Catherine and Tyson. I mean, the guy was electric. So as long as he can just, like, when he's electric, like, and you're feeling it, go be electric. But when you're just, like, you know, starting out the game, just play some percentages, I think we got something. So you're asking Roth to play percentages? Yes. I think Crandall's <laughs> going to be on him for that. I think we got to, I think we got the guy who can get through to him. All right. I forgot you guys had Crandall as your coach. Yeah. It does make a difference having that coach there. Yeah, no, he's good. I, I, I think Crandall's a, we've already gone back and forth and he's changed a few things in my doubles game. Um, that's really helping. So I, I, I really like Crandall. Would you prefer to have like Etta's mom or like, you know, I'm just excited for Etta's whole entire family. Let me tell you, and then we got the ranchers first round. So I, I want her aunt rallying up again. Yeah. No. That's, I, I, Edda's family goes nuts. I've seen them aunt. a bit like, yeah, they, they get fired up. I actually had no her, idea. No, it's in Texas. Like you can yeah. hear them on the stream. Yeah. If you and, listen to the stream. Uh, yeah. It's so I, funny because Ed is the complete opposite. But yeah, I'm super excited for it. Um, Ed, like I think we'll have a good mix. Like me and Rafa will obviously bring me a lot of personality, and Ed and Connor will kind of bring like the ice. So I think um, I think it will be good. We have we had a good time when we went to Chicago together. 
Yeah, I, I just think the the premier this time around, there's a, there's just not anyone that really stands out team wise. I think actually DC since that draft with the yeah. Kawamoto's and Alshon, they may stand out more. The Alshon pick look questionable, but they may stand out the most because of how well the Kawamoto's are playing. And and Riley's still Riley. He's on, you know, he's gotten to the point where people aren't, you know, including us, maybe aren't giving him enough respect. So. I think that's a really good team, but there's anyone truly is is sort of in the mix. Yeah, and like I always say, like the big thing you have to look for in pickleball is like there's not very many people getting better. So you have to look at like the teams where people are getting better. And Kawamoto's are sneakily getting better every time I see them. And Christian Alshon is getting a lot better. He hits the ball against the wall a lot. Yeah, he works out a lot. Well, and I think at the time of the draft, it wasn't really known if he could play the right side, but he's showing himself he's to be a very good right side player. So he's very lethal with the forehand, and uh, his hands are a lot better when he's not like trying to guard multiple spots. So I think that team's going to be dangerous, and uh, I don't know. Like I, I think they're making it out. So either Ben and Anna Lee aren't making it out. Yeah, well, I, I hopefully that people care about this MLP because we've had so much tour wars talk that I I, I don't know. It it's almost feels like it's sneaking up on us. We're a week away from it, and we'll see if it has the the hype of it. But I really hope so because I love these MLP events. But it, it, there's been I so can much tell better. you, I've been pretty mentally checked out since about like. I've been pretty mentally checked out and that just added to it. But I can tell you like what everything is going on. It's kind of given a lot of people a kick in the ass of like, okay, like shut up. Let's stop being divas. We're getting paid. Let's go out there. Let's like, let's do what we're actually supposed to do now. At least that's how I feel. And a few people who I've talked to are kind of getting the same way. I think that's probably a good way to, to wrap it up yeah. here. Yeah. Thanks Leia. Yeah. Thanks for coming on Leia. Yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing who wins. So I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and just everyone, just like, subscribe, follow. You can go to the blog, nmlpickleball.com. Uh, we actually have a, a new sponsor here wearing the sweatshirts right now, Drop Shot District Clothing. Uh, you can go to their website, nml10tn, for, uh, for a little discount code there. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll be we'll see you next time.